All right. Well, welcome to yet another episode of Fuck You Friday. I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, Casey LeBlanc. And boy, do we have a special guest today. I'm going to call this Louis Siskin 2.0. Very excited about today. We have had uh, Mr. Ziskin on prior. Uh, actually, I think it was what our second our second episode ever. Um, and uh, what a phenomenal story! Uh, I'm going to give a quick kind of synopsis backdrop of of what we talked about. Um, in a in a nut in a nutshell, I guess we could say uh, you're an entrepreneur. Um, at one point, I would say that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you probably were responsible at one point in the late '90s for maybe 97 percent of of all ecstasy distributed in the United States. Is that a fair statement? Uh, the DEA said 85 to 95 percent. Okay, to that, be accurate, that's that's. <laughs> I would say that's a majority market share in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, what happens is um, he he uh, ends up getting popped. Uh, he he goes to prison for 10 years. There's a whole story here. Um, and he's, uh, let's just say he's fully rehabilitated. Uh, and it's a tremendous story. If you guys want to check out episode two, please do. Um, and I'm just saying that's because it is a phenomenal episode and I want to get to what's going on today, which is, well, well, well let's, let's get, <laughs> make sure that we get the whole story. You're right. Episode two, we'll, we'll kind of go into much more detail, but being in prison, realizing that there's an argument to be made that wasn't made in your in your yeah, trial, sure, sure, and deciding to get rid of the attorney and represent yourself, and then actually getting yourself out of prison, coming out of prison, then becoming an entrepreneur, uh, maybe with a different product, but it's still entrepreneur using a lot of the skills that you learned, you know, creating this uh, monster of of, uh, of uh, ecstasy dealership, and and then using those and creating business, and then transitioning into another life. So when we bring somebody on for the second time, we're, we actually, you've lived multiple lifetimes. And so now we're, we're talking about your second lifetime. So if you want to learn here about the first lifetime, check out the second episode. Yeah. The second lifetime has, has, has a lot to and, it as and, well. And I'll say, we want to let you uh, start talking about it. I will say, let's, let's speed up to the fact that, you know, the last time that we spoke, one of the last things we spoke about on that episode was the PPE game. And that's kind of how we've, we've matriculated into this because um, obviously the, the epidemic was going on. Um, we kind of met through, through slinging masks, so to speak. Right. Yep. Um, and another thing that that you were doing is obviously getting into these gloves. And the last thing that we really spoke about was that you were going to go to, to Thailand uh, to kind of fix to fix a little bit of a situation and a deal that had gone a little south. Um, and quite frankly, we were Casey and I were thinking about uh, heading out and, and saying hello to you out there. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that. We'll start from there. So tell us about from from the time that we did the podcast. Walk us through kind of walk some us of through the, the PVE game and what yeah. what happened and that kind of gets things going. So I, I think first in, in the PPE game, you, you got to understand first and foremost that 99% of what people say is bullshit. Most people haven't actually done a transaction. Most people certainly haven't made the money they said they made because I don't know anybody that makes 14 million bucks and is still living at mom's basement driving a Toyota Tercel. Maybe it's the most uh, money conscious person ever in the world, but I doubt it considering their wardrobe yeah. without naming their name. <laughs> is that similar to the drug game or a lot of people, a lot, a lot of talk? And, and No, you know, the thing in the drug game is, or, or in legal businesses, is that there's consequence, right? Like mm -hmm. in the drug game, you open your mouth and, and it's the wrong thing or you don't do what you're supposed to. There's consequence, right? Varying based on the severity of the offense. Same thing in any normal civilized society. If you do something that's illegal or legal in many cases, but 
violates a contract or violates terms of use or whatever it is, there's consequences that come to that, right? So, and, and that's usually, uh, you know, and they can be very similar to criminal consequences. What you have in the PPE game is you have an unregulated broken supply chain with no regulation and zero consequence. So you have people like these scumbags over there um, in Thailand and Taiwan, like Emily HSU, uh, Yu Ching Wen, also known as Vincent, the guy who accused me, um, David Lin and Ted Van, Luk Fei Yang Yang, this guy who's Patty the Room, his name's Luk Fei Yang Yang, who sit over there and send junk to the U.S. in its greatest time of need. Now, okay, that happens. A lot of countries do that. But these scumbags go the extra mile. They take used medical waste because when you go to the doctor and he uses that glove, whether it's two seconds, two minutes, two hours, the minute he takes it off, it goes in the red wastebasket, right? Medical waste. They, that's not enough, right? Because if it's just medical waste to fill the boxes and you're sending it to say you sent something, that's one thing. That's a next level of, of scumbag to me. Well, the top level of scumbag <laughs> is, is I'm going to take these gloves and I'm going to dye them blue to make them look new. It looks I'm like they went through a wash. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to wash them. I'm going to dye them blue to make them look new because my scam is to get these to be used by people in the medical field who are dealing with the pandemic so you'll buy more of them. It's poison. It's medical terrorism. It's not a scammer. It's not cool. There's no glamour there. There's Listen, I'm an idiot. I send you $3 million, You rob me. Okay, I'm the, I'm the fucking idiot. I got robbed $3 million. When you do what they're doing, you're trying to damage everybody that comes in contact with this product. Because you're the middleman, right? So you're actually the reseller. So you actually have to you have to inspect the material. Then then you're verifying that this is legit material because you're actually going to be the one to you're brokering the deal essentially, right? Yeah, exactly. And like and like just you know on the CNN piece, mm -hmm. right? Well, Listen, we have every we had every box. DHS has since seized it now as evidence. What does DHS stand for? Department of Homeland Security. Okay. Um, you know, so they, they have an investigation and they're handling this from, from the U.S. side now. You know, because they realize this wasn't just one transaction. Me, this is a cartel of ex-generals and captains from the Thai military running and blocking protection for these foreign scumbags who do not benefit Thailand in any way. They leave with their money. They ruin Thailand's reputation in the open market. They discourage American or Western investment into a country where something like this could happen. The only person who benefits from it is a guy like Compi at SkyMed who lines his fucking pockets. Scumbag, lying to everybody. And what he does is he counts on the customers never talking to each other. Right? Like, we've all talked to each other. I didn't deal with SkyMed. But I've got 40 SkyMed customers. And so... It, like the plan that we had in Thailand when this came up is kind of the same plan that we've had for for him and, and, and people like him is like, oh, they're in Thailand. They're going to lie. Let them lie and then bury them with the truth again because then they can't get out. Same thing with like what's going on with uh, certain members of the Royal Thai Police now, right? With after the whole case, we get in that later. I don't want to go out of order, sure. but that's kind of an overview of the PPE thing. And then the, the last thing I'd leave the public with is... If you look at import-export records, Thailand exports more nitrile gloves to the United States than they're legally allowed to manufacture by several factors. Well, it's not just my transaction. But is there not, in the context of uh, the pandemic, uh, some sort of emergency exemption that provides an opportunity for them to 
go over their quota? Oh, or, I mean, certainly. There's, isn't that kind of where this rub occurs? Like this no, is no, where no. The, what happened was is the, the U.S., because we're in such dire straits, relaxed the entry code. They made a 510K exception, meaning uh, I don't want to bore your audience, but basically they said, hey, if it's a nitrile glove and it meets these specs, You're you good. can self-report and send them in. The same way they did with the emergency use authorization for the Chinese masks in the beginning, right? Zero tax, zero, like just get get the gloves here. Yeah, get the gloves here because they're needed. You know, and is, is that how you got into it? So, so there obviously was a pandemic that started, and then you start to see you know massive marketing about the PPE and everybody at the hospitals, and nobody has anything. When when did you? recognize that you'd be able to kind of use some of the skills that you had previous and translate those into filling a need that that obviously people in, in, in the health industry needed like immediately. Yeah. So, you know, government, states, you know, uh, an attorney general, I don't want to mention his name from one of the states called me and he said, hey, listen, we're, uh, you know, you were moving stuff around the world when we were trying to stop you and uh, we're hung up here. Can you help us out? And so initially I was into the uh, into the logistics side of it. As I'm in the logistics side of it, like anybody else, like you guys, when you're working in the mail room, you kind of learn the business, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing and I'm like, oh, this is the dope game. It's, it's just, it's not, it's, it's legal products. Different but type of dope. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, and then I realized, wow, it's not the dope game. There's no consequence. There's no regulation. There's people say anything. So you end up for hours and hours and days and days on all these wasted calls and wasted time and everything else, right? And because then, a lot of people are seeing opportunity, but not a lot of people have this experience, so they can't really, they can't filter through what's real and what's not. Well, quite frankly, they're buying stuff with other people's money, right? Because the from government, people who are selling somebody else's stuff. Well, it's the a lot of it is the government's money, right? Either state or federal government, because they're they're printing money at this point to try to fill this need, and so there's probably got to be a lot of fraud going on because of the the amount of dollars oh, that is moving hands. Tons of it. And, and the problem with this is, is that, you know, there's a French lady who's got a criminal complaint against Compi and SkyMet, right? And now this whole stuff comes out and he's negotiating with her to pay her to be quiet. He doesn't know we've talked to 40 other people that, we've, that he's ripped off. You know what I mean? He doesn't know how deep this investigation is. He doesn't know how bad he's setting himself up now. You know, I mean, he's, uh, um, and same thing with, um, there's a general, a retired general named Somchat Lumsiri. He lives in Lotburi in Thailand. He is actually, Patty is under his protection. And when people say, oh, how do you prove that? How do you this and that? Oh, I got Patty's phone GPS coordinates, which showed he basically lived there with that general. General, yeah, I got those. <laughs> yeah, Lumsiri, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's 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 step back. Let's let's talk. Let's talk to the audience and share this story, starting from. Okay, obviously you had you you knew there was a need for gloves. How did you get to Thailand? Where where, where did that start? Where did that connection start? Well, the, you know, I got the first container that was bad. And I called the company who was supplying us, the Taiwanese company Collections Enterprise, Emily HSU, uh, Ted Van, David Lin, and Yu Ching Wen, also known as Vincent. And uh, they said, oh, no, you know, you don't know anything about gloves. You don't know anything about How did the you know they're about when they arrived in the United States? You knew that when as you inspected them? When the container got delivered to my hangar. Okay. In the U.S., in L.A. Yeah, yeah. We unsealed the container. We opened them up. I knew right away it was they're latex. They're gloves. And then, you know. And then they said, oh, no, no, don't worry. The second container is going to be better. That was a mistake. Da, 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 this, that. But those are real gloves. I'm like, they're not. Well, they're nitro. But you'd already paid. the. Oh, yeah, paid. Yeah, yeah so you're 100%. So it's not. 50% down. No, 50. No. And what's the difference between latex and nitro? Why is that a big deal? 
Well, nitrile has better puncture resistance. So for me and you, we might not notice. But when you have a world of nurses who are working and they're tired and they're everything else, if, if a needle puncture goes through 10 times less out of 100... You'll notice. It's, it's a big deal for them. Sure. Like, I get it on a, on a big scale. That's yeah. scale, right? And also, nitrile is higher protective quality. Um, it's a more durable glove. It doesn't have as much flexibility as latex. And the, you might say, well, why not? Actually, I mean, you could go into this for years. But the reason why is it takes away a finger. Um, what, do, what do you call that? Dexterity? or No. Uh, Grip? Strength. Oh, oh, right. So, so yeah, f- but there's a word for it. So fatigue, it removes uh, the fatigue from your fingers because oh, it's the gloves kind of hold you in place, huh. right? So it takes actually less energy when you're wearing a nitrile glove to do something than when you're wearing huh. a latex glove to hmm. do something. Okay, okay. Right. so you have... So, so you, bad gloves. <laughs> yeah, bad, so bad, <laughs> but then that'd be one thing if they just sent latex gloves. They didn't. They sent latex gloves that were dyed blue, that were used, Jesus. that were medical waste. Well, that's the whole point. We're going to have to, we'll have to show the pictures of this because when yeah. you see the actual footage, you're, you're like, it's I mean, because obvious. Even, it's not, but even to the common eye, right? Like, it's not like you have like some degree on how to evaluate gloves. I mean, these look like beat up used gloves, <laughs> yes, they're, yeah. right? They're just, it, to the common eye, it just yeah. looks like this is a, this is a piece it's of It's embarrassing. Shit. And, yeah. and the Royal Thai police are saying they're okay. They're just C quality. All you did was pay for A quality. What's the problem? Wow. <laughs> so is that's that, their latest comment today? So, so the container comes. It's they're dirty gloves. You know that you call you call uh, the, the Thailand right, and they and you go, hey, look, this is bullshit. And they say, don't worry about it. The next container is is fine. Yeah, but we knew it was bullshit at that point. There was enough suspicion by that point. We like you said, Casey, we were in. We'd sent the money, so we got to kind of hope for how, the best. And how much money did you send? Was Two point seven million. Okay, so so walk me through. So you in your previous life, right? Is that normal where you have to pay 100% up front? Or is it like, hey, there's a pandemic. You want this. You got to pay 100% up front. Fuck off. Well, in my, in my previous life, absolutely not. Now, maybe at, at a starting level, maybe if you don't have a good connect, you have to pay up front. But in my previous life, accounting was something like we met every three, four weeks and did it. Nobody stopped nothing. Cocaine's going into Europe and ecstasy's coming back to America and... You know, I mean, right. And so, okay, so this is a, the new world, right? You're yeah. having to do, you're doing business in a pandemic where the, the need is far greater than the supply. And so you're trying to yeah. figure out how to satisfy the supply using government money. So, you you know, it wasn't government money. It was our own money well, and our customers' to, money. You have to front it, but you're actually yeah. reselling it to. Yeah, but to we were selling industry. it to these. This was not going to government. This was going to a hospital medical supply company. Okay. And they'd actually wanted us to ship directly from our warehouse when this stuff got into their customers hospitals and uh you know obviously we didn't do that because you're securing the in buyer before you actually go out and find the product right yeah i think in a market like this you can't shoot at two moving targets it's not fair for me to come to you casey and say oh i've got 10 million night box of nitrile gloves show me your proof of funds and then i take your proof of funds and try to shop for those gloves or vice versa but a lot of people were doing that right? that's all they do that's all that's all they do because they can't figure out the money thing but they see the need yeah you see the need and you hey you try to be a broker right i I, it's respectable you know somebody who's got one thing you know somebody who wants to buy it great you put them together the problem with all these brokers is is they look at the value of the deal and think that they should be compensated according to the value of the deal the problem is is that look dude you ain't got no money you ain't got no product you've got no balance sheet risk you've got no history you've got no special specialty experience knowledge or anything you can't literally do anything except hand me 
a phone number or make an email introduction. Right. Now, you get 50 grand for that. Forget that the transaction was $2 million. You get 50 grand for that. How many minutes did you spend on those two phone calls and an email? Nobody but Jeff Bezos gets paid like that by the minute. <laughs> you know, like it, it's not, it, people just lost their mind because every deal had to buy a Malibu beach house. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, so there's greed involved. They yeah. see an opportunity trying to extort it a bit. Yeah. Okay. It's a volume business. Yeah. A volume business means small margins, high volume. You know, so the three million goes out. The bad product comes in. Walk, take me through what what happened. Okay, next. so after the first container yeah. comes in, we let them know everything. Da da da. They're arguing the whole nonsense, right? And then uh, we have the second. There's two more containers that are on the water at this time. Well, me and Tamer, I'm like, dude, it's it's smuggling now. We know that that's not Sri Trang Nitrile Medical Exam Gloves chemo rated. Tell us who Tamer is for those that don't oh, know. Oh, Tamer's my co-defendant, best friend, and partner. He's like my brother. I love him to death. He's just the greatest dude ever. Got it. He's the nice one. I'm the dick. <laughs> good, good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk more about that later. Yeah. Okay, so, so you got bad product. Uh, yeah, so we get bad product. Me and Tamer drive down to Customs in Long Beach. And we're joking in the car, like, on the way down there, like, hey, they're probably going to arrest us, dude. Like, this is medical devices. This yeah. ain't, like, a, a pirated porno or, like, yeah. a, a movie or something or, or counterfeit Nike golf glove. So you're actually, you could you could be held liable for buying bad medical product. Well, because I had to fill out a, what when you import stuff, you fill out what's called an ISF form, an importer security filing. And I'm attesting to customs as to what's in there. But are you attesting before you've actually seen the product? No, no, they know, they know that I haven't seen the product because it's obviously shipping. Right. Okay, got it. And so I'm attesting to what that is. Um, so is the shipper. You know, they're they're saying what they put in in the invoice and everything else. Right. And the bill of lading and everything matches up and it should come in. Um, well, we couldn't do that any longer because now we know that it's counterfeit goods. So we cannot allow the second and third container to come in without notifying customs of the error in the ISF filing. Got it. So as soon as you see it, you're like, okay, we got, we better tell somebody. Yeah, there's a bunch of admin stuff that has to happen. Okay, got it. You got. So anyway, we're driving down there, and uh, I like literally thought, well, they're going to take us to jail until they figure this out, right? Like we thought we were going maybe for the weekend, half joking, half serious, right? And is part of your your, your previous history kind of playing into that? Like yeah, the, of course. Yeah. You got a you got a uh, smuggler who's coming in holding smuggled medical, medical devices. Right, okay. Because even if they came through customs, that's still smuggling. You lied on the documentation, right? So anyway, we tell them they're not really paying much attention. Then me and Tamer tell them who we are, so they look us up because it was a customs case, right? Well, now there's action. Supervisor comes down, and then what the supervisor told us is, here's an email link. Go make your report there. We brought boxes of gloves, everything yeah. down there. Like we thought they'd want to start an investigation right away. Some people in hospitals might have gotten these if it wouldn't have been for us. This is what's coming in the country. Um, anyway, so we send, besides the, then they don't send a confirmation that we sent them an email. Like, you know, when you do those form yeah, fills, you usually get a confirmation. So we do it again. Don't get a confirmation. So then we just say, fuck it, and send them a regular email. Because now, at this point, I've already got, like, my case hat on. I'm like, yeah. how do we make sure that we don't get a case here? Yeah. You know, I, I don't want any misunderstandings. I worked really hard over the last, and so is Tamer since he came home to be doing the right thing on the right path, even that it's harder sometimes and sometimes doesn't pay as much. You know, I mean, it's it's just what it is. Okay, so so when we met, uh, this was uh, when we recorded the first episode. That had already happened, right? Yeah. So all of that, you you had been an entrepreneur. You recognize that your skill set would be good to help solve some problems of what was happening in the world. 
and you knew there was a problem and you were about you were about to go to thailand to fix it yeah so i was invited to thailand by vincent wen um you know the royal thai police have the full whatsapp archive so does dhs he invited me oh no we got it fixed come if you don't like the gloves i'm gonna give you then we'll give you your money back so i'm not even worried about which brand of glove at this point i need a legitimate fda 510k nitrile medical exam chemo rated glove for my customers because I'm sick of waking up in the morning and having them scream at me, not about the money, actually not scream at me, having them talk to me, not about the money, not about what's lost, not about anything other than their clients crying on the phone because they want to help people and have no equipment to go do it. And I don't know if you guys ever had, but I've been on the phone with a procurement nurse in tears who's overworked, underpaid, doing a hero's job, for all of us, regardless of whether what we think about the politics surrounding COVID, there are sick people that are being helped by some wonderful people in the country. And so my, my mom is in, a, in, in, in the industry, and she says the problem exists today, you know, yeah. that there's still a PPE problem. That, that they're, oh, it's they're, huge. You know, and Kaiser's a big, a big company, and they still can't get their hands on Ky- products. So Kaiser's, it's, Kaiser's really good when you're healthy. That's, uh, well, anyways. but I think to the point of like, still the need is still that, you know, we're a year and a half at least into this thing and that problem still hasn't been solved. So, well, tell her to call me because one of the silver linings out of this is I have a direct line to Sri Trong now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. well, so I can get factory delivery for December delivery. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, look at, look at From the factory problem. <laughs> yeah. um, this will be better product than the one uh, that oh, we're talking a, about. Sri Trong is one of the most so you, best gloves on the market. I mean, yeah. amazing product. I've touched probably, I, I can't even count how many different kinds of brands of nitrile medical exam gloves I've touched. i got to tell you, Shri Trang's at the top. And you were doing masks as well? Ma- I mean, yeah, we do masks out of Korea. The Air Queen masks are great. You can work out in them and all that. And that, that was going good. That's how yeah, I, that's met how I met Wynn. Yeah. I met Wynn from, you know, working with some of his people. The only successful PPE transaction they had yeah. was the one they did with me. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so and you, that's how we met. So we were doing that. I get So I go over there. Now, I know it's bullshit. You know, I know they're not going to give me gloves. I know I'm not going to get my money up, but I want to play the hand out, you know, because I have customers. I gave my word. I didn't say, oh, I'll follow this up until I can't. I'll follow this up until it gets dangerous. I'll follow this up until, well, we got ripped off. Sorry, Uh, you know, take me to court. That's not who I am. It's just not who I am. So I go over there, you know, and uh, I'm trying to make a complaint with, oh, I'm in the quarantine. Vincent brings two boxes of fake uh, gloves. Vincent is? Yu Ching Win. He's the accuser uh, okay. who said I, I had him kidnapped. Okay. Um, at first, he said I kidnapped him. Well, we, then haven't they changed, we haven't gotten to that part yet. Yeah, then yeah. they changed their... First, they said I kidnapped him. Then the Royal Thai Police now, after they published this shit on Newsflare, saying I was a Marine, didn't get my age right, saying that I was in the video. So but, is he the actual person you sent the money to? It's his company. His company, yeah, right. His company. Okay, so just to put in for context, for those kind of yeah. following along, yeah. there's a lot of names, so trying to extract out the yeah, easiest there's, parts there's, of so it. You, you go to meet Vincent in Thailand, and he's Mr. Hi, I'm sorry, I'm going to get you. No, no, this clothes. was in the text. He's oh, thought, oh, Mr. Okay. Hey, I'm sorry. Okay. So anyway, sorry. I get to the, you're quarantined for two weeks when sure. I got there. So okay. the border opened, I went right away. Okay. Quarantined for two weeks, and that's what these, by the way, not to digress, but yeah. to digress. Yeah. Um, that's what these scammers are counting on. Closed borders. And evading jurisdiction by having money go here, shipping come here, gloves come from here. That is what they were counting on. Well, borders open, I'm there. Anyway, um, he brings a two boxes 
of gloves to the hotel, drops them in the lobby to bring up to me because I'm in quarantine. It's the same fake shit. And you have the whole, you know, dyed blue, all bullshit. You have the whole text exchange. No, no, these come from Sri Trang. Sri Trang's quality control is slipping because they expect. I'm like, dude, this is not factory packed. They're not new. They're dyed. And I'm telling him in the text, right? Like, do you see the dye marks on the glove? That means it's not a new glove. If any manufacturer who makes a glove, the color dye goes in, is dipped in the color dye. It's not, it's part of the mixture of the, you know, nitriles NBR and all this. If you're using latex, you're using natural rubber. If you're going to have colored gloves, they color that before they dip the molds in. They don't color after. Yeah. And it's actually, <laughs> if you've seen a good one in a bad one, it's pretty easy. It's to pretty obvious. Right? Like, just it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. The, but that's the, you know, that's the hard, that's been the hard part with this whole case, right? Is that Tong Lore Supachai, the, in lead investigator in this case um, has been lying to the, all the rest of authorities. They lied to the U S embassy and said that I was in the kidnap video at notification before they arrested me. They lied to the prime minister of, and said the same thing. They lied to Newsflare. They uploaded a story to Newsflare. I mean, this cop is in super trouble for this. He's getting paid for that lying story, leaking illegal CCTV video to Newsflare. For the whole world to see. You know, oh, it just leaked by accident. Well, now I've subpoenaed him, I sued him, and now I got you too, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get to <laughs> let's get so you, you get bad gloves, so you know this thing is a scam, right? So yeah. now you're trying to recapture money, I would assume. And yeah. then because I want to get to the part first it's where, gloves. First it's gloves. I just want gloves. Right. right? I, I just want gloves because I got other business. I can make up that money. Right. If I can find a legit glove supply, I got customers who I know now who are crying to me on the phone. Right. And it's just not a nice way to wake up your day because it, it's not like somebody's crying because they lost money. Right. It, somebody's crying because people are dying in the hospital and the people that want to help them don't have what they need to help them. That's not something that you brush off with a cup of coffee and a cigarette in the morning. You know, it's so of course I want to deliver because my word is everything. Right. So I want to deliver. And so I'm there and also, yeah, I want to collect. Yeah. I want to get something from them. Yeah. I want to get a case going against them. Absolutely. You know, but my main thing is, Hey, there's a business here. There's a need here, and, and, and I thought I could help. So anyway, get there. He drops fake gloves, chats, everything. You know, a couple weeks, I get out of quarantine. I'm going to CSD. What's oh, CSD? Uh, crime Suppression Division in Thailand. Oh, there's no, there's no crime here. You didn't send any money to Thailand. Remember this. And, and you sent yeah, the money away. Now, look yeah. at how crazy Thailand is going about what a big crime this is, right? right. And they said, you sent the money to Taiwan. Not to Thailand. No There's no crime here. No I was like, wait, isn't Sri Trang a Thai company? They're counterfeiting their boxes and their gloves. At a minimum, isn't that a crime? There's no crime here. The same cop, Supachai. Actually, I'm going to start calling him and Vincent's lawyer, whose name's Sirishai. I'm just going to adopt the nickname of Stupid Chai's okay. for both of them. Okay. So Because they both planned everything That's together. It's easier to follow. So, yeah, so they're the Stupid Chai's. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this was their plan, right? Like, okay, great. So, oh, before we get there. So anyway, I'm going around and I can't, everybody's telling me the same thing, right? So I was, listen, I'm human too. I was embarrassed that I got ripped off, right? I'm not telling all the people I know about it. You know, I'm trying to fix it first before the story comes yeah. out. I tell the people that need to know. 
I tell the people that have a financial interest. I had tell the people that are waiting for product, but you know, it wasn't like a wide thing, you know, and I had a, I have Jewish friend over there. His name's Mike green. We know each other from chats. I thought it was funny a couple of years ago that there's a Jewish guy in Bangkok yeah. running a business. Is so it, when I heard, I said, Oh, I'd like to talk to the guy. Just so we chatted a little bit here and there, like nothing major anyway. And when I first got out, I, I talked to him and I see him. I don't even tell him anything about the clubs. He takes me to like, Thailand Parliament to sell my software, drop in our video collaboration platform, right? Um, takes me to meetings like that, stuff like that. We go around everything. Anyway, a couple of weeks go by and I can't get a I can't get a case file. And so, you know, I'm telling Mike, and he's like, dude, I think I can help you. Um, and I said, What do you mean? He said, Well, we just set me up with Vincent as a customer, right? As a customer, and I will record him, catch him doing crimes in Thailand by trying to sell these gloves here. And that'll make it easier for you to piggyback because you'll create a jurisdictional nexus. I said, okay, great. When, so, when can we pause for a second and just at a high level, how are, how is your brain wired to solve problems? Just it, it, not necessarily in this case, but all of your case, cause you've had so many different you know levels of your life where you've actually had these major problems are there main points where you just go checkbox this checkbox this and you walk down a list of things like just really quickly where you're able to solve things at a you know just that the that most people can glean from right because this 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 case is similar to a lot in your life where it's complex you're dealing like not a lot of people understand how to go about solving problems it's one of the things i think well, a lot of people can learn let, from let's uh, First, want, go ahead yeah. but this is uh, perfect examples when we spoke yesterday and we talked about vaccination and I'm, and you, you got vaccinated and, and yes. if you went, go through your thought process as to how you decided to get vaxxed or why you decided to get vaxxed. Cause this shows exactly what you're talking about in terms of how he goes to solve problems or how he tackles uh, com complexities. I think that's a great example. So, so yeah. So when the vaccines come out, right. And you know, Fauci big on the vaccine, he's 80 years old. I hadn't decided whether I'm gonna get vaccinated or not. Pfizer comes out and this man who doesn't need his government contacts. It's not a scandal if he goes and gets vaccinated on day one because he's in the age group and he's a doctor and most of America likes the guy. You know, if now there's some more problems, but we're talking about back then, right? Like, okay, great. Um, he waits three weeks to take Moderna. So right away in my head, if I ever get vaccinated, I'm taking Moderna. Why did this fool wait three weeks? <laughs> Actually, he's not a fool. I mean, why did this doctor wait three weeks? He's in the middle. He's got all the data. Why do you wait? So that was the first thing. The second thing is when I saw that Israel was pumping um, all their citizens full of this vaccine. I said, you know what? Might not trust a lot of countries, and I don't want to get into geopolitical and naming them, and, but Israel ain't going to kill its own people. It's like, okay, so there's no major downside, right? That was the next thing. And then the third thing that pushed me over the edge is when I started seeing my life and travel and entertainment and socializing and business is going to become more difficult. So those were the three things. My life's going to become more difficult. There's no real downside. You know, I'm, I, I don't want to get into the laws and mandates and that's, that's not my place. We don't, I, I'm, I, I don't have anything to say about that. I'm just talking about my decision. And, and I decided to take Moderna. Those were the three reasons. And they, as by when the third one came, I had the other information that I needed to make the decision. Now, as far as a criminal case or problems, um, I think the reason why I've had success in some situations like that, and I've had failures too, I don't want to mislead the audience, like everything I do turns to gold. In fact, most of it turns to shit. I just turned enough gold to drive a nice car and 
and, and, you and, and cool shoes. You know, you fail, you fail more than you succeed in business. I mean, but a lot of people forget that, right? Like yeah. that could be part of the actual, you know, how to solve problems is you do fail more than you succeed. Admit you but, have a problem right away, Casey. It, okay. First of all, it's just like AA. I'm a dope fiend. Admit you have a problem. How many times have you been talking to people and they act like they don't have a problem? And you're like, okay, dude, I mean, uh, are you sure that's going to be all right? No, but that, I mean, that translates to a lot of different things, relationships yeah. to, you know, whether it's alcohol or drugs it, it, or whether it's a business problem, it's people get disenfranchised with like what's going on in the outside. They make things so complicated. They don't really recognize there's actually a problem going on. So I think that's a great yeah. point. So yeah. recognizing a problem. Okay, great. Then, then. First, recognize the problem. Then what I tell people is stay calm. The problem's there. You've recognized it. If you're getting arrested, you can't stop it. Yeah. If you're not getting arrested, you don't want to encourage it. Sit. Wait. Watch the people that are involved. See, it, it doesn't matter if it's police or, or, or criminal or business or anything. Watch the people that are involved. There's always going to be some idiot that wants to talk too much. He's going to tell you everything you need to know. It's like the same way Muhammad Ali uh, rope-a-doped. Uh, uh, Foreman. 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 Ali was supposed to win that fight. He rope doped him. Right. Just let them punch themselves out like the Royal Thai police did. They made, when I got arrested, they made all, oh, drug dealer, trafficker, kidnap, extortion, attempted murder. Guess what? Three months later, should have never been arrested. Not a scrap of evidence. Nothing. Nothing. And, you know, my friend, my friend Pete, who was there with me, he actually said, he said, you know, one day somebody's going to ask me because I was here with you the whole time. He's, somebody's going to ask me how you did it, and, and it's the rope-a-dope. You just never panic. You don't panic. Once you own that you have a problem, right, part of owning it is still standing where you're standing and realizing, having a realization, right? Then the next thing is how do you collect whatever it is you need to collect to remedy this problem? And usually in this day and age, how we collect things is – in the most effective way that helps with problems is by identifying the parties at play and then find the one that talks too much. In my case in the United States courts, when I was fighting my ecstasy case, I filed a very simple ceiling motion. I'd already learned that the government loves to talk in their reply briefs. They love to make how stupid you were for even bringing this motion. It's this thick and they're this and that. Well, that was their downfall. They told me about the T2S2 machine. And then I start looking at the T2S2 machine. And that's how I found that they tampered with a wire, had equipment to tamper with a wiretap. And then. Because you, you said that too, right? When, when you actually did your, your stay in prison, you said the one, the, probably the biggest downfall was people that come into prison, they talk too much. So, so shut the fuck up for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Start Recognize observing. The landscape. Like yeah. first, when you get into prison, you realize you have a problem. The next thing is <laughs> shut the fuck up and try to stay calm. And then you're just talking, you know, people will talk themselves into telling you everything you need to know. And then you identified who the two people, this is my own take on a a rec recollecting the story. But then you realize the two people that would help you stay safe in prison and you were able to find value in getting them stuff that they couldn't get. Is that yeah, well, I was buying their stamps. Right. Yeah. Right. They couldn't turn street money, their stamps, into street money. So, you know, I mean, I, I made myself useful, you know, without having to pay tax or rent. If you make yourself useful, you're actually and, more and, valuable. And by not being affiliated with any side, any any side. But that's, that, but that, I'm you Switzerland. Just, you just went yeah. through right <laughs> yeah. when you were in prison. That same level of thinking, right? Yeah. So what's natural to you is very foreign to a lot of people, I think. And just you know, identify the problem, stay calm, 
have oh. people tell you, you know, people will tell you most of the time what the answer is if you gather enough information. It becomes pretty simple. Yeah. Well, problems are no different than anything else. The first time you picked up a football, could you catch a 60-yard bomb from Tom Brady? I, I couldn't. Not at the time, no. Okay. So you had to drop how many balls to be able to handle that? That's right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, can you pick up a 10-yard bullet pass from Tom Brady the first time you pick up the football? Or you need to drop a bunch of those, too, to learn. Same thing, right? So you want to be good at handling problems? You've got to handle problems. Right. Well, and that's why I wanted to stop and pause on that because I think it's just something that maybe someone in your case that's dealt with a lot or either gone through and had some, some issue after issue, so it's just second nature. But I think for a lot of people, they get discouraged. They go through a problem, and it just it turns into three or four, right? Momentum goes both ways, momentum in uh, negative or well, negative and, and positive. And also the role of emotion. I mean, what I've learned a lot from you is, you know, you have this knack to distill uh, the logic from any sort of emotional uh, issue. If you, like, for example, like you just spoke to, you know, you were embarrassed about the glove situation, but you didn't allow that emotion to overtake a you trying to solve the problem. You, you, you fortified yourself with logic and solved the issue. So, are you compartmentalizing at that point? Like, hey, this is just one piece of. I, I don't know what I'm doing. It just okay, happens. just doing it. I, yeah. I just know like that. I've had experiences like everybody else where I've panicked in situations. And even today, sometimes, like the other day, the toilet was overflowing and I was worried the shit was going to come out on the floor. And yeah. I panicked. You know? <laughs> well, I, I, panicked grabbed, too. I grabbed like a $400 bowl out of the kitchen and caught the shit with that. Right? At least Instead you caught just it. grabbing the $8 that, trash can that's right now, next to the now, toilet. Was that, was, that the first time, was that the first time you ever caught a piece of shit? Or that? <laughs> first time. Yeah. So I didn't need any training for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, you, you get my point. You 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 have to practice at anything, yeah. right? You know, uh, whether you're lawyer, doctor, nurse, fireman, football player, basketball. player, There's nothing that any of us can get good at naturally. Even the best long distance and sprinting runners, and you think, oh, they don't need any training. It's just that they do. Yeah, they yeah. do. They don't break world records out of the womb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's well, so true. Okay, so we get back to the yeah, story. Yeah, let's go back so, to Mr. Green. So, so I'm interested <laughs> in in the part uh, where you actually got arrested. What you got what they are saying you you did and what happened in that time frame and then I want when to ask the question that I think is really that you guys talked about. Oh, sure. We'll, we'll we'll talk about right? it. Like, yeah, so you go Mr. Green saying, "Hey, set this up. I'll get him uh, you'll you'll get a nexus of jurisdiction here and we can grab these guys and you will finally have a claim against them. Yes. So they had a meeting. They did that. They told Vincent they were a customer. I told Vincent, it's in the chats too. Hey, these dudes are buying um for Mexico. Mm -hmm. So maybe your quality won't be an issue cuz I wanted them to bring those. Right, right. I didn't want them to bring like Yeah. I didn't want them to bring good samples like they do with everybody else and then send bad shit. You know, I wanted, so he brought, uh, you know, he brought junk again, Mike green immediately after the first move in Vincent left and they were going to talk after they examined the samples and maybe do something. Mike green immediately, immediately goes to see this same stupid shy cop out of Tong lore. Right. And tells him, what does he say? Oh, there's no crime in Thailand. No crime, in Thailand, no crime. Okay, no problem. So Mike says, well, what we got to do is we got to get a contract. We got to get some, like, evidence, material proof. You know, he's saying he's a Sri Trang distributor. He's saying this. He's saying that. Let's get the stuff on paper, and then we'll take that paper to them, and they, they won't be able to deal with that. Well, so they set up the – he said he was going to do that. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm running around doing demos for drop-in. 
and Mike calls me. Um, I think it was around four o'clock, three o'clock, something like that. And uh, he says, "Hey, uh, maybe four thirty. He says, "Hey, Vincent wants to talk to you." Now I don't know any of the incident has happened. Nothing. I have no idea. I go, "Okay." Put him on the phone. He says, "Oh no, he wants to meet you for dinner." I said, "Okay, cool. I can be free around six thirty-seven." So we go to dinner uh, at Nadimos Middle Eastern place. Great food, by the way. If you're ever in Thailand, check it out. And <laughs> if you like Middle Eastern food in Thailand, I thought it was kind of a little bit misplaced, sure. but I was happy to have a pita and hummus. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Vincent comes and. I, I, he's there when I get to the restaurant and a bunch of people are there and, uh, Vincent's smiling, drinking, having a good time. Everybody's like, there's no, I still don't know anything that's happened at that restaurant a few hours before. I don't know anything. Right. And anyway, so I get there and I'm talking to Vincent and I start hearing stories about what happened, you know, uh, uh, earlier at the other restaurant and that Vincent had spit on Jeremy and Jeremy had grabbed him and, and all this stuff. And, and, it, and Vincent had said, fuck America and fuck you to him. And Jeremy's an ex Marsog Marine. You don't say fuck America and spit on a dude like that. You just don't do it, you know, not, but now looking back in hindsight, he was antagonizing that because this was always his plan. Once I landed in Thailand. And, uh, so anyway, we have dinner, and Vincent's like, look, we got robbed by Patty, too. The same thing this scumbag from SkyMed, Compi, is saying now. Oh, Patty robbed me, too. So I said to him the same thing I want to ask Compi. Why didn't you file a criminal complaint against him? Compi, you're a Thai company. He's using your IP and damaging your brand name, right? Why didn't you file one? Oh, by the way, Compi, that bullshit you told everybody else, your statute of limitations is up. You can't file against Patty. Stop lying and telling people you're collecting evidence, you fucking cocksucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> those are always fun. Yeah. I don't know yeah, what those, those are. are my favorite. <laughs> I like those. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy's a former uh, Navy or Air Force general over there. He runs this company, SkyMed. He's the biggest fucking scumbag in Thailand. It's a public fraud. He's the biggest fucking lying piece of shit ever. And him and Patty, Luke Fei Yang Yang, work together. Um, so the same thing I asked Vincent that night. I said, if they robbed you, why didn't you file a criminal complaint against them? He said, well, I will. I said, great. I'll give you 1%. He's like, well, what will you do for me if I will? So I'll give you 1% of whatever I recover. Because the fraud laws in Thailand, if you can actually get a fraud case filed and get it to court where they arrest somebody, the bail's sometimes 30 to 70% of the fraud amount. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Like, um, so that was great. And we were, we were looking forward to that. And Vincent was like, okay, uh, great. I'm going to go to the police station and, and go down there. Now, why did I left? What I didn't know at the time is that Mike had called a guy by the name of Santana. I hadn't met him. He came, he's used to be a police officer. He comes and takes Vincent to the police station. Vincent changes his whole story up there. Right whole story he got kidnapped assaulted by by five marines listen you guys saw that video of the kidnapping alleged kidnapping in the restaurant what i see when i look at that video is five guys who are trying not to hurt an old man if they wanted to bag and gag that dude it would have been over in 10 seconds and gone they were trying not to hurt him and he was resisting that's why it looked bad if you if you reprocess that information and look at it that's the only thing you see in that video 
Now, why are they why are they restraining him and trying not to hurt him? What happened? You don't know that from the video. I mean, I know that from Jeremy, not from being there like I shared with you guys before. Right. So anyway, Santana says, well, because he's he's been around the block. He used to be a cop. He knows the game. So then he tells Vincent, well, sign this paper that nothing happened, you know, and and go on your way. Right. So they're saying that they're saying now the Thai police are saying, oh, Santana forced him to come to that this, that. Oh, so fucking craziest bullshit doesn't make any sense ever. Like, I don't know how they even come up with this. Whatever fucking idiot is there telling them what to say when they get on a microphone needs to be replaced because they are the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever met. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, he's like, okay, cool, you know. Like, um, it's, well, sign that nothing happened to you, da-da-da-da, because... He's got no marks on his face at this time. He's in the police station. Santana knows that this guy can go to a hospital in Thailand and pay him a couple thousand baht, 30, 40 bucks, to write up a medical report, you know? He, and anyway, he didn't do it. The, again, the stupid chai from Tong Lor, he takes down the uh, report from Vincent and says he's not making an official report because they're going to negotiate. Now, how do you negotiate attempted murder and kidnapping? Well, for, the, for those listeners that don't know, the attempted murder kidnap is what they tried to pin on you, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, so anyway, we'll get to where my arrest yeah. is, right? So, so anyway, remember, I'm not arrested yet. I'm, 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 I'm at my place in Thailand at the place I rented there. And uh, six. How, how, far, how long is this from the time you landed till till now? Like how? What, so how I landed. I landed in. Uh, we're talking. We're talking. Months, I landed right? in That's February, months, and yeah. this is the end of March. Okay. So then fast forward to um, May 15th, May, I don't know, the beginning of May. I don't remember exactly what day. I have a dear friend over there for a long time, friend of the family, actually a couple of them. And uh, he told me, he's like, look, they got the jump on you. They got a bullshit case filed. They paid a cop in Tong Lor, this guy's stupid chai, to put this case on you. Um, you know you can get out right now, right? Or in a few well, days. So, so hold on. Let's just back up. So Vincent does these things they're filing a he's filing a false police report basically yes. he got he went to the hospital got a false hospital records and all yeah. that shit right yeah. i mean you know this is all bullshit and then you have a you have a, a very close friend that now has come to you and go hey whatever the fuck's going on they have some bullshit they're gonna pin on you and i believe tell me if this is wrong but he gives you an option he's like look you have a warrant out for your arrest you're gonna get arrested in fucking thailand you can leave right now i can hook you up you can get out or, trust me, this is going to take a couple months, but I got your back, so which way do you want to do? And yeah. you chose to fucking stay. Yeah, I made a surrender agreement. Why? Didn't you just leave? Like, well, I because would freak then, the then, fuck then out how does this stop? How does this stop? How? This isn't 80 million gloves like Thailand is saying. There's 150 fraud glove companies over there. There's... More than a billion, billions of gloves in fake so, gloves. I mean, you literally stepped. In. You stepped into the pitch. You saw yeah. a ball was coming right at you, and you decided to take take the pitch. Everybody who knows me knows I have a weird sense of morality. Like some things that everybody cares about, I don't care about. Something that nobody cares about, I do care about. Listen, I don't like fucking child molesters. I don't like dudes who beat women, and I don't fucking like people who who sell fake medical devices to people in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, that one recently came to my list, but when I came across so, it, that went right yeah, on based the list. on your moral <laughs> compass, based on your yeah. moral compass, you decided you're, you're just going to take this and you're going to, you're going to fight yeah. in a foreign fucking land. Yeah. That's so, and did. so I'm thinking I'm American. I'm going to go to the embassy. 
They're going to help me out. Nope. Nope. Nothing. So, uh, so anyway, I get, yeah. I get arrested. Um, they, the Tong Lor cop, stupid chai, after I have a surrender deal for Monday, lies to CSD, crime, scene, uh, crime suppression division, and says I'm escaping to have a TAC team come pick me up. Now, there's multiple reasons for that. The main reason is, is that he doesn't want me to surrender because he's trying to deny me bail. Because this case isn't built for court. It's built for extortion. So if they can keep me locked in a Thai prison This case isn't built for court. It's built for extortion. Yes, that's what it is. It's not built for court. It's built for extortion. It's clear. Well, and they also, they're, I mean, they're betting on the fact that they have way more connections locally and you don't, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a but bet. But he did. It's quality of connections. Right. But again, that, that's their bet, right? If they can do this with 100 different people, they're saying, hey, there's not anyone that's going to be able to have better connections than us, we'll be yeah. able to extort and we'll be able to sell the product and then extort them if they ever do come get us. So nobody's going to ever be able to pierce the veil, right? Yes, exactly. And most Americans, and, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, most Americans get in trouble in Thailand. They just pay and leave. They don't want nothing to do with it. Now I'm a little bit stubborn. And also, you know, I saw what this, this, this is, it hasn't even really come out what this is. This is a cartel. Of ex-military yeah. people in Thailand. Yeah. Well, that's what we're that's what we're going to talk about next is when it comes out and what yeah. that what that story is going to look like and and we want to hear about we want to hear about that. Yeah. But you yeah. get arrested, you're in jail or or prison. I'm in jail for two days in okay. Thailand. Um, you know, doing uh, burpees in my uh, jail cell <laughs> to piss off the cops. <laughs> and then I go to court on Monday, and uh, I got not only did I get bail, I got the lowest bail available for a Thai national. For that crime, and and it was three. Let crimes. alone a foreign national. Three, three crimes you were accused of at that. No, point. no, like seven: illegal assembly, attempted murder, kidnap, extortion, criminal gang. This, they tried to say like so, I brought organized so, crime over so, to Thailand to do this. Look, just just so you know, so we get the we get the Google alert, or so, someone gives it to me, and I'm the first thing I do is I Google Thai prison. And I see these guys kind of like the usually they I guess there's this, supposed to be this global standard for prison, right? You're supposed to have at least like four and a half by oh, six feet, that. right? In in Thai prison, you're 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 literally four you, you're sleeping back to back. They and they count on that because they put you in that position. I mean, that would scare the shit. And then you'll do anything, but I don't know. I just don't. I'm not. But the that kind did of not scare you. That, I mean, no, of course it scared me. It, okay, I, I get scared like everybody else, but I'm just not the kind of person. You're not going to back me down. And I tell people when they say that, I go, listen, I've lost way more fights than I've won. And they go, what? I go, yeah, I would have never thought that. I'm like, yeah, I got a big mouth and I don't fucking back down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that's instant rapport right there. That's two humans seeing things the same way right there. Okay. Yeah. It just, you know, I mean, and, and listen, like I said, very few things bother me on a, on a base level, right? But after having calls with nurses and doctors and crying and tears and ripoffs and stories and all this shit, to see that this isn't just me, but this is a fucking industry that they're doing and they're taking advantage of the United States the most because we had the biggest need and the most money. Um, look, I'm American, in prison or not. I'm a fucking American. Fuck them and fuck that. Right. Well, so you, I mean, there's several tranches of story that, uh, you know, encompass your life, right? To go from USC to, you know, a, a worldwide drug dealer to 
solving the problem of getting out when you had a 30 plus year sentence, sentence yeah. to then transitioning on how to actually make it as an entrepreneur as a felon, right? All those are all three different movies, right? And then you get into PPE and then the story of trying to recover money, solve the problem of the, the shortage and how to get product. So walk us through, and we just saw a clip that came out. I think you sent it and, and posted it of, you know, C- CNN picked up the story. The the national, you know, the, the worldwide news is picking up these stories. So it's just at the real, like, entry level of this becoming something that, you know, a lot of people are going to know about. So walk us through what, what you're doing now with whether it's Hollywood or telling the story and then what you see in the future and how you want this story to play out. Well, first, I want this story to play out where I want this stopped. I want these same people who have committed these crimes in Thailand to be put through the same Thai criminal process that I was. I respected 100%. I did everything that was asked of me. Why is it when there's no evidence, I get arrested? And when there's a mountain of evidence, the Royal Thai Police have five times the amount of evidence as CNN. And they let these people go. They've got no evidence on me, but I get arrested and get my name dragged through the mud, specifically because... I was like, you fuck that, resign. this is going to stop. You had to resign from your CEO position. Oh, I got removed. Well, and are they banking on, you know, you just saying, hey, I'm out of prison. I'm, I'm, I feel relieved. I'm going to move on and just, you know. No, what, what they fucked themselves, bro, because they made it so high pro. So they did this. They violated the surrender thing and had the tack team come because they'd already had all this press set up. And it wasn't going to be, they wanted it ready that day, right? Like where they got the head start on. So that's why they did it. They could have arrested me five days before that. They already had a warrant. They saw me. But that was when stupid Chai, the lawyer, Vincent's lawyer's wife, was trying to extort me for 200000 So they didn't arrest me that day, even that they saw me. So I have all these texts and all this proof, you know, like, and the Royal Thai police have it. They ain't doing a fucking thing. So you're still fighting it. And is part of the fight to to put Hollywood involved and tell the story on a more, on a larger scale, so on a more worldwide oh, scale? Oh, I think at a certain point that's always been, you know, there, there's been a lot of demand for mine and Tamer's story over the years. Ever since we got arrested, it's the largest sexy case in U.S. history, right? I mean, it's, it's not heroin, it's not fentanyl, there's clubs and parties and drugs and private jets, not an extraordinary amount of violence. You know, it's like, it's like a fun kind of thing. It, and, and we haven't done it yet because... We're not prepared to give up our life rights. And then each thing that happens, like when I got into Forbes for drop-in, you know, each thing that happens, it it renews it. Now we got the Thailand thing, and uh, it seems to be that that's uh, more accelerant for the fire. Well, you're kind of like following uh, Hangovers kind of episodes, right? I mean, you have the (laughs) first one, the second one, it's just getting better and better. (laughs) But but I I want this to stop. I want the United States, and thank God Department of Homeland Security is dealing with this. I don't know most of these nurses and doctors and, and, and assistants in hospitals, but I do know that they're trying to help people that they don't know either, and it's not for the pay. Let them be. Right. Fuck with somebody else, you fucking scumbag. Right, right. Especially, you know, in this, in this day and age, in a global pandemic, and you, 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 you're yeah. praying on the weak and you're praying on the need. Let's, to, 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 to wrap here. because this is your second time on and because of all of the different stories and each one of them could be its own podcast, but take me through some of the key points in your life and, and some of the, whether it's learning lessons or some of the, the stories and that you've been able to extract lessons or how you've been able to overcome things. Just give us some of the things where you say, I sit here today because, 
and here's what I want out of the future. And and, and walk us through kind of a recap on the large scale lessons that, learned. I mean, yeah, I, all of it. I mean, I I just think it's 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 fascinating, and we could jump down rabbit holes on each part of your life. Yeah. But if you look at it, take a you know, a 10,000 foot view and just say, you know, my life is defined by this and I've learned this, like what, walk us through that and where yeah. you sit today and, and some of the things that we can glean from you. Yeah. Well, for me, very personally, the first thing I had to learn is that not all money is good money. You know, you can grab it, you can spend it, it all spends the same, but sometimes there's a tail on that money, right? Who'd you get it from? How'd you get it? Did you pay taxes? Did you? If it's not like I gave up the dirty money thing because it comes with the whole Big thing and that that was important for me um the uh the biggest realization that i ever had i think we shared last time was i was in the shoe and uh special housing unit under investigation while i was in prison um and the uh i was very angry i was very angry at the informants a very angry person first few years and then it hit me in the middle of the night one night if i'm half as smart as i think i am then i should have seen it coming so the more I blame the informants, who I brought in, by the way, the more I'm belittling myself. That led me to a cascade of accepting responsibility. I think we might be talking a little bit about what we talked in the first, but for That's me, okay. yeah. the key is like ad admitting you have a problem is grabbing responsibility even when it's bad because you know why? Once you do, everybody's looking at you for the answer now. And I want the ball at the goal line. Maybe there's other people qualified. Maybe this is my own character shortcoming, but I don't trust anybody else with it at that time, except Tamer. But I still want the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's fascinating. I, I love that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, like I said, the whole thing. So, to, to you know, maybe in last is the – because the first time we uh, we walk in, man, this would be great for a Hollywood movie. And, and now it's like, well, now we're going to tell the story. And I think you said it was picked up for, for 10 episodes, and you're going to tell it in 10 different episodes. Are they – 30 minutes, are they an hour? Well, they, we, got a, we got an offer. We didn't take it yet because everybody's scattered all over the place, right? Because these people want to do a docuseries. These people want to do a scripted series. These people want to do a feature film. This one wants to do three feature films. So, like, now we got a lot of offers coming in. The first ones on paper have actually come in, and we're starting, and we're going to pick and choose, you know? And also there's a, there's a problem. Well, it's a hurdle for any of these production companies when it comes to me and Tamer, because we're not giving them our life rights. I'm not making anybody a global deal. It's not happening. Nobody's going to sell my likeness and make money from it. Nobody's going to change my story because it tests better in a theater. No, it's just not going to happen. And if, if that's going to be the requirement, then that's the sizzle reel you saw. Me and Tamer did an interview ourselves with some, with some guys um, who filmed it super cheap. No problem. We got 10 hours of interview content yeah. like we're doing here. Look great. And you take some stock footage and you got a docuseries. Yeah. So if they call our bluff, that's the cheapest one to do. And that'll increase the value of the scripted series and and feature film. And people have said to me, well, only if it's successful. And I'm like, dude, you're here because you think it's going to be successful. Right. I mean. So you had to, you had to, you, you got removed as, as CEO from your previous company, but are still an owner. Well, no, the stock, you know, the company lost a lot of money. So the stock because went back. Because of this deal. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. Because we, you know. So your, your, your conviction to solve this problem cost you, uh, whether it's money or opportunity, doesn't matter, but it cost you a lot. So the conviction yeah. to actually continue and move forward on this is, is pretty intense. And so now. But what, I can look myself in the mirror when I take a piss at three in the morning. Right. Which is I'm more not, important. Because I, I couldn't, like, I, it was the same reason why I didn't inform. It's not cut in, in my case. 
in 2000 with ecstasy, it's not that there's other people I wouldn't rather see in prison than me. It's that I'm not good at lying to myself. I can't wake up at 3 in the morning, take a piss, look myself in the mirror. That's going to be a problem for me. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm a perfect guy. I'm saying I live by my own code, and that's important yeah, to that me. Is, was there, is, there, is there a visceral, because of your life's history, um, was there any component of a need for any sense of social redemption as to why you decided to do this? I mean, you've taken on a heroic role. You've literally sacrificed your company. Uh, you knew the type of reputation walking in that, that a lot of people were going to look at you as if, oh, well, fuck, he, he, you know, he did it again. You know, he's some sort of, and there's some sort of issues there. Is, there. is there a sense of redemption there or is it simply just moral compass? It's always self-redemption. Like, I've never, I've never worried about the next person's thoughts about me. Now, mm -hmm. I might, you know, actually, let me clarify that. You might worry about that. You're talking to somebody, you want to sell them something, you want to do a contract with sure. them, you want to do business with them, you want to do that. But I've never let anybody's thoughts or words about me affect the way I feel about myself in the slightest. Mm. So I stay honest to being able to look myself in the mirror. That's my test. To thy own self be true. Uh, yeah, every <laughs> yeah. time uh, something comes up and there's a question, I ask myself, am I going to be able to take a piss at 3 in the morning and be able to look mm. at myself? When nobody else is around, nobody even knows you're up, right? Like, it, it's just you in the world, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not one of those people, but there's a lot of those people in that situation that can lie to themselves in that situation. Um, oh, yeah, there yeah. are a lot. So I, I'm, I wasn't blessed with that. I wasn't blessed with that or cursed with that. or Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. And, and so I just stay true to that. And, and even when you lose some money or you lose a business deal or you lose, yeah. you know, whatever it is, you still have your foundation of you, yeah. you know? I mean, listen, I, I'm, I've never been worried about the money thing or the opportunity thing because I've been broke many times, had tons of money many times, and money's never been a problem as far as the acquisition of it. But it's, I think the reason why that is for me is that is I don't hold on too tight. I'm not worried about it. Even before I made money, you know, I wasn't... The first would come, everybody's freaking out when we're kids, got to pay rent, got to pay. I was never worried, you know. I could be drunk on the 28th, slammed, you know. I figure something out on the 29th or 30th. Sure, you know what I mean? sure. <laughs> I, so I, my uh, my, my so life didn't operate around needing to have a job. Now, my life did operate around finding opportunities. Yeah, that's great. By yeah. interacting socially and everything. Keeping and your mind open and having that moral compass probably did not did a lot for presenting opportunities. Right? Well, listen, implicitly. I also want to say my moral compass is different than most people's, and I think that and, and I think that's okay, and I think everybody has a little different moral compass than everybody else, as long as you live by a moral compass, not by the ability to feel guilt-free. There's a difference. Sure. Yeah. Right? I like that. Well, I think that's a... <laughs> That's kind of a good spot to end right Absolutely. there. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, I guess in final, it's going to be interesting to see what you do for the, uh, the episode three that we do uh, eventually <laughs> in the next year or two. So. Well, I'm yeah. going to try to stay out of jail, so we might not do it for a little while. Okay, but, uh, well, we'll see how tonight goes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Alcohol can change everything. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for coming in. Hey, I really appreciate it. Again, this is guys. awesome. I, I do want to say a couple of things sure. if you don't mind. Please. Um, my lawyer in Thailand is just the most amazing. P, I want to say thanks, P, if you're listening. And I want to clarify in the lead-in, um, I had an appeal attorney, Charles Sevilla, out of San Diego. And he is a godsend, and, and I love the man to death. And uh, while I represented myself on the life case for the ecstasy, he was handling my appeals, and he did a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, I just want to give them the credit that they deserve. And, you know, to my friends out there whose names you know I can't say, 
believe me, I've told Ken, Wynn, uh, Casey, everybody all around who you are and how much I appreciate all of you. And uh, you guys are great. And I, I just don't want to give the impression that this is all me. It's like anything else, you know. I mean, no matter how what skill you got, what how strong you are, whatever it is, there's always people that have to be on your team, whether it's for small things or big things. And and I don't ever want to be one of those kind of people that takes their credit. And even I can't say your guys' names. I love you. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. And thank you very much. That, that's awesome. And, and I say that's, uh, that's pretty much a wrap for this uh, Fuck You Friday episode. I want you guys to be able to please down. We're on every platform, Casey. Did you Except, know that? Wait, wait. Fuck oh, you, oh. stupid chise. Fuck you, stupid chise. <laughs> fuck you, Friday. Remember, <laughs> listeners, download, like, do whatever you want. Respond to us. We love uh, responding back to you. And this will wrap it up for another episode of Fuck You Friday. Thank you very much, Lewis. Thank you for having me. Awesome. <laughs> Oh,